Welcome to Real Estate Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to where it all started. Nick Baldwin talks to top producers from all levels and brokerages in real estate about how they built the businesses they have now and achieved success through failure. Now, here's your host, Nick Baldwin. Hey everyone, it's Nick Baldwin. We're back with another episode of Real Estate Rewind and we're taking a little bit of a turn for our 10th episode. Usually we talk about agent failures and obstacles that agents go through in their lives and careers that make them stronger. But now uh, in their business, of course, today we're actually going to talk to Carl Carter Jr. He's a realtor and he's the founder of the Beverly Carter Foundation. It's a 501c3 nonprofit, which is dedicated to improving agent safety. His mom, who was a realtor, Beverly Carter, she lost her life at the hands of two clients in 2014. And tomorrow, uh, September 25th, is the five-year anniversary of that. So I'm glad that Carl's on the show. But since his mother's passing, Carl has dedicated a lot of his time to spreading the message of safety. He was recently appointed as a delegate to the National Safety Council, where he advocates for the safety of loan workers. He has a master's and a bachelor of business, business administration degrees from the University of Arkansas in Little Rock. And he's currently pursuing an executive master's in public service from the Clinton School of Public Service. So everyone, thank you so much for listening and welcome Carl Carter. Thank you so much for being on the show, Carl. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me, brother. Hey, man. I am glad you're here. Uh, I can never keep track of where you are. You're all over the country speaking to agents and I think just businesses and people in general about safety. Where are you today? But so today finds, you know, I find myself in Austin, Texas, which is a beautiful city. I've I've never uh, spent much time here before. And I I have to admit, though, this morning, you know, I woke up and I'm a distance runner. So before I, I hit the treadmill, it was just kind of one of those moments where it was like, wait, where am I? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but uh, it, honored to be here. It was hard for Carl and I to kind of align our schedules. And it was a little bit of like, where in the world is Carl Carter? Because um, <laughs> he's all over the place. But I appreciate you taking the time and sitting down with me. Because I think, I don't think, I mean, I know this is a really important topic, the topic of realtor safety. And, you know, before we went live, we were just kind of having a little chat about what we were going to bring up. And it's unfortunate that uh, we have to wait for something terrible to happen oftentimes for us to take notice of of an issue. Um, And realtor safety is one of those things where I've been a real estate agent for 13 years and I've shown houses to people I've never met before. I've met people at houses. I've done open houses. And, you know, you just never think about how bad of an idea that might be, right? And so I love what you're doing where you have now taken it upon yourself to go out there and just spread this really important message. But before we go into that, let's talk about uh, about you. You're a realtor, but it's not like your main job, right? But you no, got, it's true, yeah. Yeah, you got into real estate after your mom passed. So why did you do that? Well, you know, it, it, I, I joke because, and I always, you know, I get a pretty good laugh uh, from the audience as I, as I travel and I'm telling them a little bit about my background. And I'm like, probably much like the, the kids of the agents that, that I have the opportunity to speak with, I wanted, you know, after hearing mom's stories of uh, the ins and outs of the business, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. But 
you know, I found that in building building this this nonprofit that that I could better serve the industry by learning, obviously, and uh, kind of becoming becoming one. And uh, really, the coolest thing happened, Nick, because as I was going through real estate, you know, the pre-licensure work, and then even now in transactions, this industry is so much harder than I thought it was. Yeah. And so, you know, it's really kind of cool because I'm learned that to me, she was just mom, but, um, you know, come to find out, you know, real estate agents are, are brilliant. My mom was brilliant. So it's kind of cool because, uh, through learning about real estate, I feel like I learned more about my mom, even though she's been gone for five years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I grew up in a real estate family too. My mom is a realtor of, of 25 years and listen, you know, we get, we get our share of doubters, you know, but it's a hard, it's a very tough entrepreneurial undertaking. So yeah. And I love that you felt the urge to get your real estate license. So you could relate to us maybe a little bit more, even though you grew up in that, in that family atmosphere. And I think it has given you a greater connection to agents. Would you say that that's true? Oh, 100%. You know, and there, there were people that were very well intended, you know, and they, they saw this, the path that I was on was trying to help people with my mom's story. And they, you know, advice was given that, you know, you don't need to be an agent to, to go down this path. But there really is something to when, when I'm talking about open house safety, and I can share stories of times during my open houses that I have felt vulnerable, that that personal connection, even aside from from my sweet mom, uh, really makes all the difference. For sure. I completely 100% agree. So tell us, you know, for those of you, for those of us, I mean, we didn't really, we didn't know your mother personally. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your mom and what it was like having her as a mother and what type of person she was? Yeah, I would love to. And thank you for for honoring her and giving me this platform. So I, I promise you all that I am not, this is not one of those like, you know, where the the, the dead are glorified. She truly was, um, she was lovely and she loved this industry. She was one of those people that, you know, it, now that I'm in the industry and I see how hard it is to, to get started and build your business, she made it look so easy. And she didn't mind putting in the work. And she was an educator in a lot of ways. She was a mentor to people in her office. She was a broker. She was... She taught at a local real estate school. She she definitely had a fire and a passion to to serving people. Personally, she was the the mom of three boys, and she had me when she was sixteen. Um, so, and I joke, I say, you know, we kind of grew up together. <laughs> we went to college together, and we uh, we were in five Ks and ten Ks together. And probably her her most proud achievement was being a grandma. And so she uh, she had grandchildren. And she was a young grandma, so she was able to, you know, to jet ski and, and uh, do all sorts of fun things with the kids. And it's really been tough. It's been tough uh, navigating life without her and having to try to explain to, to your, your children that, um, you know, grandma's in heaven and, you know, you don't really have a good explanation of why. But, but thank you for, for letting me brag on her a little bit. She, uh, no, she, she was it. certainly um, precious, precious lady. For sure. So, you know, I remember when this happened and 
it was a big awakening to everybody. I mean, even, you know, you think about, oh, you know, you know, you're, you and I, you know, we're, we're guys, you know, we don't need, we don't need to do open houses with other people, or we can just meet people at a house and not really know who they are. And that's completely untrue. I think this goes for anybody, male, female, big, small, it doesn't matter. You know, we all have to take precautions. So just kind of tell us for those listening who maybe aren't familiar or who just got into the business and don't know much about what happened, obviously tell as much as you'd like what exactly uh, happened uh, to your mother in 2014. Um, Sure. So, you know, I'll tell this and, you know, as as those of you that are listening to this, if you'll, I, I would encourage you to, to put yourself in the situation because not only, you know, we can take this opportunity uh, to be uh, educated and raise awareness in our own business. And so imagine that you start getting phone calls, texts, and emails from a client, a new client. And so the story is it's a, it's a married couple. They're relocating due to work. They're moving in from another state. Their phone number and their, that they're, they're interacting with you, it it matches that of an out-of-state number from the area that they say they're moving from. Their email address matches the fictitious names. So you have, you know, all this is kind of matching up. They're cash buyers. And as as you're discussing their their needs and their urgency, uh, filling out, my mom actually had filled out kind of a client profile sheet um, so that she could have in a central place you know, how she could best serve them, the type of house that they were looking for, so on. So imagine that you're having these conversations, but you you don't realize, though, that that person, as they're interacting with you on that phone call or via that text, that that's not their true phone number. This wasn't when, when mom was taken from us in 2014. We weren't plagued like we are now with all these spam callers from these spoof numbers. It's just an epidemic, awful... But, but that similar technology was being used, like mom was getting, you know, she had no idea that these people were using an app to, to provide a spoof number. And she also um, had no idea that they had just gone in and created a brand new email address with fictitious names. And so these people were pretending to be this, to fit this profile, but in fact, they'd always been in town. They'd always just been, you know, uh, a community over. And that's, that's an eerie thing. That's an eerie feeling knowing that people could see any of us because there is this public perception in this industry that we are, you know, just insanely rich. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't know about you guys on the uh, listening, but, you know, I hope that that is the case for you, but that is not quite happened for me yet <laughs> sitting at you know three transactions this year i think <laughs> but but my sweet well mom, you know we was, have the we have we have uh-huh. the i mean you know some of the you know we can make 10 or twenty thousand dollars per transaction but like you know like is it some of us most of us are only doing three or four maybe five and we're making i mean the average agent makes forty thousand a year so it's the perception for sure yes there it is and and that's that's something that we all need to come to terms with is, is, it's an uncomfortable truth, but because of that perception, it can certainly make us a target. And it did in my mom's case. Kind of another thing that she didn't realize had happened is while we may never know my mom specifically, evidence was found on the laptop of these bad people 
that they had searched her. They had done Google searches. They'd gone to her Facebook profile. They'd gone to county records and found out the home of the property value of the home that my mom lived in. They had determined that my mom was married, which was an important part of their, their thing. They, the whole plan with my mom was to kidnap a rich broker and get my dad, the husband, to, uh, to give all of this perceived wealth to them via a ransom. And um, I'll tell you, she had done so many things right. She had, you know, she was trying to find a home. The inventory was low. She was, so she had talked to a number of agents in her office about, hey, do you think it's going to hit the market? You know, we've all had these conversations before. Um, she, my dad was very familiar with this couple, at least, you know, as this, as she had been told about them. And um, ultimately, my mom, they, they expressed interest in a house. And they, they wanted to see it. They had, it's a house that was foreclosed on, um, had been sitting empty in a state of disarray for a very long time. There have been issues with squatters and people had gotten in and ripped out things of value, even down to like copper wiring, you know, just a mess. And so um, we know that when they, the husband was the one that called my mom to see the property that day. And we know that for whatever reason, maybe because she knew the state of the house or we don't know why, but she had a gut check that that something made her uneasy about that call because he later during the interrogation process admitted that my mom expressed hesitancy and that she made up a company policy right in the the moment of that request and said, you know, I'm so sorry that company policy prohibits me from showing property alone in a rural area. And um, what my mom didn't anticipate, and I think this is another really teachable moment for all of us, is he hands the phone to his wife and the wife says, Hey girl, I'm actually me coming straight from work. Would your company be cool if the three of us meet there together? And I think that's what trips a lot of us up because I think we, from life experiences, what we see on the media, whatever it may be, we get in our head what we think a bad guy looks like. And we don't, we certainly don't, or many of us don't uh, associate violent crimes with women. It seemed like a really safe, great transaction. You know, honestly, a great, great couple to be working with. So uh, my sweet mom, she agreed to meet them at that property. And um, unfortunately, my mom was, you know, in, in that showing, um, she, was, she was kidnapped and she was tased and she was put in the trunk of the car. And she was taken and made to do a ransom recording. And... Um, the bad guy messed up because he, the whole plan was to get my dad to push all the, my mom, you know, their wealth to the cards, credit cards that were in my mom's purse. But just like, you know, probably you're sitting there, you know, you ladies that are listening to this here, you're like, well, we don't show property with a purse on our shoulder. And so many of you don't, because that's good for safety and security reasons. And it's just in the way. Uh, and my mom didn't either that day. So from the time he drove off that day with my mom in the trunk of the car, he, um, his plane was already ruined. And when he came back that night to, to get the purse, we were there because my mom had told my dad where she would be. The cops were there. And like so many of these bad guys, they think they have the best, the brightest idea. It's going to work. They're going to get away with it. He saw blue lights and then just decided to just make this huge leap from instead of kidnapping and hold for ransom, Let's just take what she has of value on her right now and end her life. And uh, 
that was that was five years ago tomorrow and uh, I'll tell you you know selfishly and I, I appreciate you Nick letting me kind of brag on her a little bit because what started out if I'm being completely honest just me like a kid on the playground you know when somebody says something mean about your mom just kind of standing up like now wait a minute you know she I can, you know it was standing up and defending her and it, it turned to, to really all these teachable moments and became a safety message. And I have met so many agents that their stories aren't known. And it, it just, it fuels this. I, I would have never thought that this would be obviously my path in life. And, but it sure is uh, something I'm very, very passionate about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that you're, you saw an opportunity to speak out and to teach and to educate because you know you're right your mom took a lot your mom did everything right you know she did everything right and we've all made these mistakes where we feel like it could be a perfectly fine situation uh, I mean, my wife's a realtor she's 100 pounds soaking wet and there's been times where she just doesn't have a good feeling and I go, well, then just don't go, just cancel it, you know, or I'll go with you or, you know, whatever the case may be. Cause listen, none of this is worth what could potentially happen to you. Right. So let's talk about, you know, you've, you've, you've created the foundation, the Beverly Carter foundation, and you're, you're traveling around, you're a busy guy and you're teaching us how to stay safe. So I want this podcast to teach people actionable ways that they can protect themselves, you know, at open houses, at showings, whatever the case may be, whenever you're meeting a stranger. So what are some really good ways that we can just stay alert and always be aware and make sure that we remain safe during what is supposed to be just a house showing or an open house? Sure. You know, well, I think that... The one that's always top of mind is the one that would have so easily saved my mother's life. And that is consistent client screenings for, for our new buyers. Well, and, and really anyone that we're working with. But um, in my mom's case, had, had there been the insistence upon meeting in a public pay place prior to the showing, submission of um, ID, there, it would have been a huge deterrent and they would have likely moved on to another agent. I will caution, you know, agents out there. I think I have heard from legal counsel um, a number of times, and they've actually encouraged me as I as I talk about safety to to make sure that when we're talking about screening clients, that we are very consistent. What you do for one applies to all. We all seem to keep fair housing, and they, you know, we that's always in the forefront of our mind, or it should be. But um, those, those same principles apply because what is good for one is good for the other. Had my mom only known that these people were lying about who they were, if she had only known that, that the husband was a seven-time felon. Oh, wow. Okay. She would have never gone to the property that day. So, so that sounds basic, but it's so important and it's so easy for us to get lax. And I'll admit, I have been on the receiving end, and kind of to your point too, Nick, like of insisting that a buyer meet me in a public place prior to showing property and they walked away from me and to go because they're like, well, I knew I could just call another agent. They'll meet me right now. And I'm like, 
And so I've been like on this, because that stings, because you're like, yeah, statistically, this is probably safe. But it's for me personally, I really want to practice what I preach. And it's just not a risk that I'm willing to take. So I, I, I acknowledge that that's tough. You know, other things, and this is something that I, I get fired up and I start talking fast. To tell me to pump the brakes if I need to. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's nothing like, and I would never do this in a way to make another agent look bad at all, because that's not what this is about. But so friends, close friends of mine, as they list their, their houses and God love them for listing with another agent and not considering moi, <laughs> but, but I always ask them and I'm careful how I ask. I say, so tell me, has, has your agent talked with you about safety and the security of your property during, during this process of selling your home? And I have never had a friend come back to me and say, yeah, absolutely. They talked to me about the importance of putting away personal or expensive things or, um, you know, we, we all know about, you know, the things that are at risk during open houses of being stolen. Never have, have they, have I had someone, you know, reply back when I asked them, do you know, now that your house is listed, what if someone just shows up at your front door and they say that they're an agent and they have an appointment, but you have no record of that. You have, what do you, what do you do? Have they had that conversation with you? And it's, it's a sad reality that we are so clearly it's an uncomfortable topic and we, we're all good people. And so we assume the best in others, but, um, I'd really love to see us um, get a little better at, at uh, navigating safety for, for our sellers because there, there certainly are risks there. You know, I love that you brought this up because I'll admit, you know, I don't, I don't, I do have certain conversations with sellers and buyers and definitely people who come to open houses, but I think we can all ask more questions and we can all reinforce for example, if someone comes to my open house and they don't want to sign in, they're not coming in the house. They're just not coming. And, you know, like, and look, of course, can they put a fake name? Yes. But it's not like they're essentially a guest in someone's home. And I always say, well, the seller would like to keep a record of everyone who came in and out. And I say, if, if I were your agent, you would probably want me to keep the same record. And they, most of the time, they're fine with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they turn around and walk out, you, you know that you probably avoided something that you didn't want to come in, in, you know, you didn't want to encounter. Like I was talking to you earlier before we went live to, for the podcast, I always want to know where my agents are. I try to, I, I try to enforce that they put their schedule in our team calendar and tell us what addresses they're going to be at. Um, our MLS has a specific feature that when you're going to show homes, it will send you a text message, you know, every 15 or 30 minutes and you have to reply back with a code or, or, or a word or whatever, whatever the case may be. And if you don't, it will then send a text or try to call the person that you put as your emergency contact. So there's a lot of things out there in terms of technology that's helping us stay safe. And there's a lot of things that as agents and as human beings, we need to implement as well. So I have noticed a rise in technology specifically uh, since we lost your mom. Um, 
like the one I just mentioned with our MLS, what are some good tools that we can use? Like uh, some of us are solo agents, right? We don't have a team to like tell where we're going to be. We have family, right? But like, what are, what's some tools that we can use to help ourselves stay safe that, you know, could alert authorities or something along those lines if something were to happen to us? Um, you know, so one thing, and I'll try to tell this as quickly as I can, and it's that I, I've implemented for my open houses because in my market, open houses are expected. The sellers want us to do them. I mean, there's just no, there's no, you're, you're not going to get listings if you, uh, right. you may take that stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some parts of the country can. But what I've started doing, because it's not, one thing I, I really love to do with, with safety talks is like, okay, let's be real. What are we really going to do? You know, we've seen, and you've probably seen it all over the news and Facebook today, there was, you know, just um, over this past weekend, there was an agent that was attacked outside of home and it was caught I, on camera. I saw the video. It's, it's very difficult to watch. Awful, awful. You know, and what's particularly disturbing about him is that he and this attacker seemed to know that there was a camera there. And he looked right up at the camera. Right at the mm-hmm. Awful. But I'll say it, it, video and, and video surveillance is, is often a huge deterrent for crime. And so what I've started doing with my open houses is that I just got a cloud-based camera and I got one, you know, the Amazon brand, but there are a million brands out there. And um, I started taking that bad boy to my open houses and I have it right by my sign-in sheet. Yeah. And so it's like, as they're signing in they're well, you know, I, I have a sign post, you know, welcome to this open house, you know, under surveillance, uh, which works, you know, you have to know your laws for, for surveillance, but. Um, right. You have to disclose it. You have to, but I'll tell you, people kind of see that and you can see they kind of perk up because they're like, hmm, I'm being watched. Mm, yeah. And it's like, Typically, you know, it's not a conversation I have to have, but I'll tell you, it makes me feel better. And even if that camera were snatched or smashed or whatever, all of that camera footage is up in the cloud because it's going up immediately. Other tools is that I, I've actually gone back to watch myself, um, not for a safety reason, but just to go back and see how am I interact, watch the footage to see how I'm interacting with people when they walk into my open house Uh, to see how I can, because I come across so goofy or I flub my words, you know? And so I'm like, how can I be more effective as an agent? Another cool thing about it is that it, so, you know, your spouse couldn't come with you or your team members, whatever, couldn't come and sit with you at an open house. They could sit and watch the footage remotely. And so they could kind of keep an eye on you, have another set of eyes. One thing I love about the Amazon too, is that there, there is a, um, there's two-way communication over it. So I've even played with, I had my wife one time come over the, over this, and it's kind of speaker, you know, you can hear it. And she pretended to be my, uh, my assistant. And so she was, you know, my assistant is calling, you know, to, yeah. or, you know, checking in to see how my open house is going. And so it's hysterical because not only is she checking on me and showing, showing other people that are there that someone knows and I can't believe it. it all makes me look fancy. Like I've got this assistant when I don't. Right. I don't so like, so, um, they're like, Oh, this guy's good. This guy is, uh, he's got his assistant talking to him. Yeah. The- like, yeah. Um. <laughs> Mr. Carter. Um, <laughs> exactly. I'm like million dollar listing in the middle yeah. of Arkansas. You know, right. Now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. That's a great idea. So kind of like a cloud-based camera that you can set up, you know, on the counter or something or up on a shelf. 
uh, to kind of, you know, make sure that everything goes as planned and have a sign that says under surveillance. That's a great idea. You know, in that same thing, I, w- I would add to that, even if you, if you find your, I, I found agents that have done this and I think it's quite, it's really smart is that in this day and age, and we're all, you know, sensitive to it. We see the articles on uh, recording devices that, that sellers own. And, you know, we have to, you know, be mindful of having conversations as we tour homes, but I've had agents tell me that they use that to their benefit for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. So if they're ever in a home and they feel like, Ooh, this person's kind of creepy or I feel whatever, they'll just say, Hey, you, Guys, I just wanted to mention, I saw in the the property description that they have recording devices, Alexa or whatever it may be. And so I just want to let you know that, you know, just be careful what you say because they can hear every word we're saying. And so it's kind of funny because in that moment, it, uh, it's, it comes out like you're just looking out for their, their best interest, but it also kind of serves notice that the, that, um, whether it's true or not, Mm -hmm. uh, it serves notice that, Hey, you're not going to get away with anything if you try something. That's a that's a great way to approach it. You know, I see a lot of people in, you know, on Facebook and in lab code agents specifically saying, oh, this house has surveillance and it's going to make my clients uncomfortable and so on and so forth. But that approach, because here's the thing, you could, you know, and I don't want to like, I don't want to make anyone feel upset or whatever the case may be, but uh, you could be working with someone, you could meet someone several times over the course of a month or so and show them homes. I mean, you don't really know anybody, right? And so I think all the time you need to be on your toes, even if it's somebody that you have shown homes to for multiple weekends in a row, always be on your toes and, and, and use precaution no matter what. Like some of the things that I always do is I never go up or down stairs first ever. I always make them go up to, up the stairs or down to the basement and I follow them. Those are things, those are little things that really help. And I, and I think that, like, you know, we just have to be more, more aware of the movements that we're making and the people that we're seeing. I always do buyer consultations, whether it's in the office uh, or my agents do them at a Starbucks, you know, in a public mm-hmm. place. Sure. Um, and if someone's not willing to do that with you, then you don't want to work with that person for two reasons. One, Maybe they're not as motivated, right? But two, most importantly, it's not worth your life. It's just not. And if they're not willing to meet you at a at a at a public place, that's kind of a red flag to me. Agree completely. Another thing I would well, another thing I would suggest too is if you're a single agent, you don't have a team, you don't have other agents to look out for you. You know, if you have a receptionist at your front desk, just kind of leave the list of homes that you're going to see that day with your clients and leave it with them. That way, if you don't come back, they know the houses that you've been to. That's another piece of advice that I tell agents going to show homes alone. Yeah. Great, great advice. So Nick, I I just wanted to come behind what you were saying about the importance of the staying situationally aware, even on, you know, the second, the third, the fourth showing, because as I've traveled the country and I've heard these heartbreaking stories from agents have been victimized, I've found that the most common type of victimization that, that I've been personally told about relates to these, these precious female agents that have been assaulted, harassed, stalked by, by some creep. And you know, these, these guys don't always make their move on the first showing. They, 
you know, as these showings progress and as their infatuation grows, so does their um, kind of, you know, this, this fantasy, this disgustingness that, that they get in their head. So um, I really appreciate you making that point because it's, it's a huge one that, that unfortunately I hear all too often. Yeah, no, I mean, we just always got to be aware. Uh, so, Carl, so like when you're going around, this, you're speaking all over the country, like I said, and what kind of people are you speaking to? Are you speaking to only agents? Are you speaking to, because it's set, you know, in your bio, you know, you, you, sp- you speak to a lot of loan workers, right? So is it, is it just agents or is it other people in other lines of work that maybe work alone by themselves? So um, in the, the largest industry that, I, that, that we serve is, is absolutely in real estate. However, there are home health nurses that I speak to quite often. Oh, that's and they're they're a okay. risk. Yes, it's, it's they're going in the home of of people that um, you know with all sorts of um, conditions and, and mental illness, and um, they they're certainly at risk. And really, a lot of the same principles apply. Uh, it's important for people to know when they're going to be there, and that people are checking on them. Um, it's it's a really tough job that they have as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I never even thought about that. You know, you're alone in the house and, you know, you got to just always be looking out. Tell us a little bit about the Beverly Carter Foundation. You know, obviously we know the, uh, you know, we know the mission is to put forth safety. But tell us how you started that foundation and what it's doing um, in the different, in the communities, in the real estate community specifically. So I will say, I don't even know that my mom's funeral had taken place yet. And people were already asking because the story got so big and there was so much coverage, you know, will, you know, will there be a nonprofit or something? And um, there, it was never my intent. But what, what did happen is as, as I began speaking and there was just this kind of word of mouth that, you know, that I tell a compelling story and that uh, agents can learn from it. And what, what would happen, Nick, is... Literally every time, every single time I would speak, no matter who I'm speaking to, if I'm talking to a women's council or a YPN group or a full association, someone is going to come up to me at the end of that session and they're going to talk about a time that they were victimized. And it just kept going. And then it was just like, for me, yes, I will acknowledge in large, this this is a, I, I consider this a safe industry. Um, it's a very rewarding industry. But, but I found that, that we, there were these people being victimized and because of the nature and our, of, of the way our industry set up and you ever, all of us, you know, we're independent contractors. And so there's not, there's really not a good mechanism for, for tracking instances of victimization. And it was like heartbreaking story after heartbreaking story. And then I kind of became known as the, the safety guy. And so what happens then, which is, it's not really a fun job, let me just tell you, because, you know, anytime somebody knows of something, someone that's been victimized, they bring that story to you and they're like, you won't believe this. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, let me grab a glass of wine first. Uh, You know, it's just, it's a hard, it's a hard burdensome job at times. But, but what I found is that, you know, that I didn't see enough solutions and I didn't see enough advocacy for, for precious agents. I, I saw even with my own mom once, once it, you know, she was missing and later pronounced, you know, that, that she was murdered. Um, I became frustrated at, at um, the, some of the, 
the bureaucracy and the fear of um, being sued and, you know, all these different things. And you see so many, uh, sadly, brokerages and associations even now uh, that are still so afraid to put safety programs, policies in effect because of fear of liability. So I get, I get pretty fired up about it. And so I see that it is, it is a little odd having a nonprofit that sits right in the middle of a very for-profit industry. Because I'll tell you, Nick, it's kind of funny because it's like, you know, back to that public perception of agents being so rich, you know, this, this nonprofit is really fueled by, it, it, you know, thank, thank goodness for the donations of our industry, because I can promise you the general public is not going to give money to, <laughs> to keep us safe. To keep you safe, I promise they're not. They're gonna be like, you know what? Take some of that commission and, and put that to your safety. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, but this, it's we have a, a board of uh, fifteen industry powerhouses of, of diverse backgrounds all over uh, the United States, and um, every one of us are just fired up about safety, and um, it's it's really meaningful work. That's amazing, man. I love it. And it is, it is funny, right? Like, you know, uh, going back to, like you said before, agents just kind of putting out there how, what their fancy car and, you know, their big house. And we have to realize like that could, that right there alone could turn into something very harmful to us. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, posting your Porsche online all the time or leaning against your, $100,000 Cadillac or whatever the case may be like the the consumer already doesn't like the fact that they think we make a fortune. Right. So let's let's just tone it down a little bit guys. Like I drive a Chevy Volt because I'm because I don't want to spend too much money on gas. So I drive a Chevy Volt because it's half electric and I got the next best thing to a minivan, a Chevy Traverse. <laughs> so I'm not driving big fancy cars and I live in a nice, you know, modest home and so on and so forth, but I never flash those things around. Like, I just think it's, I think it's first of all, inappropriate. And second of all, it's unsafe. Now that you're bringing it up, I didn't really realize that until to this conversation. And it is also ironic that the Beverly Carter foundation, uh, is, is a nonprofit for, for such a for-profit industry, right? Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, security alarms and, you know, all the other stuff that keep us safe, right? So um, <laughs> if someone wants to find out more about the Beverly Carter Foundation or, you know, maybe they want to help, maybe they want to be someone that is, you know, an advocate, you know, how, how would they get involved? So, um, so our website is beverlycarterfoundation.org, O-R-G. Um, which has a lot of great resources out there. So if, if your interest in the nonprofit is to just get the materials, maybe share them with your team, pull things down, there's a number of things that you can just quickly, you know, take into a sales meeting just for a quick, you know, three minutes safety discussion. Um, oh, do you also, have like, you have like pamphlets and, and things like that? Absolutely. Oh, that's do. pretty amazing. You should, I'll yeah. take, I'll get some. Where do I, so I get them on the website? Yes. So they're out there. There's a training tab. And so downloadable resources uh, specific to that. And then if you will, if you plan to be at NAR annual, we typically have a booth there. So uh, we will be there. Uh, Very honored to to speak there on Saturday. And then we'll have uh, for the entire 
run of the, the show, we'll have a booth and we'll have a lot of materials there too. And you are, anyone's welcome to, to all. Um, and also kind of to your point, um, if anyone has an interest in, you know, A, if you have, this is a tough thing to navigate, but as you can see with my mom's story, stories shape change. We, we respond, we react. It, um, stories change the world. They inspire us to, to make changes and to be different and be better. And so if you find that, that you have a story, but you don't have a platform, if it's something that you feel we, you know, the, that you're comfortable with sharing, um, we can be that platform for you and you can tell your story in your own words. Um, I think that that's, that's very powerful. Um, and then if you have an interest in, um, you know, contributing to, to our, our articles or being on our board, um, we would love, love, love to have you. Um, because this, this, is, this is one of those missions that you, you have a passion for it or, you know. So, um, yeah, if you have an interest, we'd love to hear from you. I, I love it, dude. I think it's amazing. What you're doing is great. Uh, you're, you're creating awareness. Uh, you know, you're out there speaking. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it's great that you supply these, this information, the pamphlets, the downloads, you know, I didn't even know that stuff was up there. I'm going to go check it out and I'm going to download some stuff. And like I said, I have a team, um, mostly all all women agents and I mean, not on purpose. It's just actually, no, I lied. I have one guy agent and he's going to be mad at me because I forgot about it. (laughs) But, um, you know, we all need to be aware. We all need to just be more aware of our surroundings, who we are getting into business with. We have to make sure that we're, you know, doing our due diligence and vetting people, you know, and if, if someone doesn't want to work with you because you don't, they don't want to give you a copy of their driver's license, then you know what? It wasn't worth it. Honestly, nothing's worth it. Uh, Carl, hey, so this was great. I, I'm so glad that you were here. And, you know, I, I really wanted this episode to be more of an educational learning based uh podcast where you know we can create awareness and help agents to be safer right and um so i'm glad we were able to accomplish that where can people reach out to you um if they want to get in touch if they want to share a story with you if they want to you know just kind of just if they're relating to your story right now because you know we hear a lot of we you know like you said before while real estate is generally a safe career you know there's a lot of agents out there with stories that we don't get to hear and so you know sometimes they want to be able to they can relate to you and they want to share their story with you how do they reach out yeah so the best way to get in touch with me is to shoot me an email so it's a it's a it's a simple yet long email address so it's carl c-a-r-l at beverly carter foundation.org and um, yeah i'd love to hear from you and something that i'll offer as well you know even safety aside um uh, there are so many good-hearted agents, you know, that that seek to improve the kind of the quality of life in the communities that they serve. And so, if you have questions about, you know, how to drive, you know, social change and social impact and starting a nonprofit, um, I am I'm more than happy to be a resource to you. I would I would love to help you not make the same mistakes I made. Love it, dude. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being so accessible and for getting out there. And maybe you want Carl to come, get, you know, come speak and, 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 you know, maybe you're having an event or a convention and, you know, you want to, you want to get him up on stage and, and, sh- and get him to share what he, 
well, he knows that'll be awesome too. And uh, hey, listen, if anyone's listening, I'm sure that there are because the, the podcast's doing pretty well. I have a feeling this one's going to be listened to by a lot of people. So uh, I'll ask you one favor. If you like this podcast, which it's kind of impossible if you didn't, uh, and you listen on iTunes, you listen on Spotify, you know, you listen on, on Podbean, wherever, if there's a button to subscribe or download or follow, just click that button because that's going to make us feel really good. And leave a review for Carl. Give him five stars. Leave a review. Tell him that you loved it because uh, that'll make him happy too. And um, and so we appreciate everyone for joining us on this episode of Real Estate Rewind. I loved the little break from the norm. Um, and tomorrow we're going to be thinking about your mom and um, – you know, we all love your mom, man. I, like I remember when this happened and it was just a, a God awful thing. And, you know, we're all here for you, man. You're here for us, but you need to know that we're here for you. So thank you for, oh, I feel that. No, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, Carl, thank you so much for being here and we'll see you next week, guys. Hope you liked this week's show. Feel free to share it with anyone looking to improve their career and their bottom line as a real estate agent. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes are posted. Real Estate Rewind with Nick Baldwin. Real Estate Unwound.